Hey, welcome back to Jeff Needs Sports, everybody. Uh, thank everybody that listens, watches. If you're first time, if uh, you're a returning listener, we appreciate you all. Uh, this show is all about the NFL draft. Uh, we've got a we've got a great we've got a great guest this week. There's nothing else I can say about it. He's host of Couch Coach Live. He's the uh, the Off the Ball Network senior NFL analyst, and uh, most importantly, he might be the hardest working guy in podcasting right now. Uh, tonight we got Couch Coach Live to go through his official NFL draft report card. Coach, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Jeff. How you doing? Uh, uh, great, man. I'm glad to have you on. I know you've had a busy, busy week. This is this is your wheelhouse. This is your time of the year. I heard you last week on the show saying this ought to be a holiday, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, yes. the NFL draft now. Yes. Ought to be a holiday. Um, I know you've done a show. That, I think this is your fourth or fifth show in a row uh, talking about this stuff. And um, I greatly appreciate I greatly appreciate you being on. I gr- really, really appreciate you doing this breakdown in this grading process for the network man this is super dope definitely appreciate it thanks thanks for the opportunity oh no no you're the best man so (laughs) basically so just to fill everybody in what coaches does he graded every team's uh performance in the draft and he gave us his his best pick and his worst pick and some of these will catch you off guard but let me tell you my man has thought this out and he has reasoning behind all of this and uh, that's kind of what we're here to talk about tonight we're not going to go what I would encourage everybody to do is go to offtheballnetwork.com and check out coaches, you know, the entire list and look at it. And believe me, he's he's easily um, reachable on all the social media platforms, you know, at, at Couch Coach Live on everything, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. You know, look at the list. You know, if you agree or disagree, whatever, get at him. So tonight we're just going to touch on some bullet points that I came up with. But um, once again, I encourage everybody to go to offtheballnetwork.com and check out the entire list. Reach out to Coach, talk to him, um, hear him out, I promise. But by the time it's done, you, more than likely you'll agree with him. And if you don't, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll learn something in the process. So let's just put it that way. So um, kind of start out here, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put your list up on the board. And then, well, you know what? Before we do that, let's discuss – two things let's discuss how you grade a team's draft we'll start with that and then i'll ask you about how you grade a pick but first of all kind of just go through your thought process when you're grading in the an entire the entire draft for one team uh basically more so the simple fact of did they cover their needs at that particular point or did they get a guy that was a reach potentially at that spot or did they get a guy um that even though it doesn't fit their need, but it was a perfect spot where they got the best available. Uh, vacation point, um, you look at like what Dallas did. Um, just a simple fact of them trading down, even, you know, obviously Sertan and Horn was off the board, but they were able to trade down, still get probably one of the best linebackers in this draft. Those type of factors go in. Uh, Cleveland necessarily didn't have to get a cornerback that early. But they end up getting, you know, end up getting a fairly decent quarterback, a cornerback at that at that spot. So it's more so that as well, too, where you know you may not have fit the need necessarily, but you got somebody in return for that. So, so let me ask you this: when you look at when you, because I know once again, this is the reason you're our NFL guru. Um, when you look at each team, and this is kind of what I do, but I don't know that it's right or wrong. Do you? Do you judge their draft on, like, say a team is up and coming like Jacksonville, obviously. Mm -hmm. Jacksonville obviously is not a Super Bowl prediction next year. Do you rate their draft different than, say, you would Tampa Bay, who is loaded, you know, ready to come back for the draft? Do you gauge their drafts different, you know, depending on – you know, like, say – you know, you know what I'm getting at here. Jacksonville, if they reach on somebody and you're like, eh – Tampa Bay can afford that. Do you do you grade each team different based on where you think they'll end up next year? Yeah, and and the beauty thing about this year what made it almost like a slam dunk in, in essence to kind of do more of a you know analyzing of the teams. You look at we talk about Tampa. Tampa took care of a lot of their needs, even though they they don't have many needs, but they're able to kind of stockpile on depth. Um, I look at like what San Francisco did as far as getting a, getting a lot of offensive linemen. Those type of things, and then also uh, Kansas City getting a first round, a potential first round pick in Nick Bolton in the second round. So you look at those things, and then with Jacksonville, they get a franchise quarterback. They got a, a guy like so. Regardless of they could take this draft, but they got a guy 
who I, you know, I keep on prefacing all the time. He's going to save this franchise. The franchise is going nowhere. He's going to put butts in seats and put bodies in that swimming pool. So he's going to be, <laughs> he's going to be a guy. He's going to be, he's their franchise. He's going to be the face. They finally have a face of the franchise and they're in their young, um, in their, in their young um, NFL history, essentially. Yeah, the, right. Yeah, that's a good point. So, so we'll move on from teams. So now I, I also ask you, I, I gave you a I gave you a lot. I gave you a lot of homework for this draft for anybody that doesn't know, but but you knocked it out of the park. So I also ask you, kind of give me, and I didn't how I didn't know a better way to say it other than best pick and worst pick. Not that I'm saying that, you know, you you know me. I don't mean that a kid is a worst player or whatever, yeah. but as yeah. far as worst pick and best pick. So how did you kind of go through your thought process on how you decided each pick? Like, is this best or worst? And basically best generally is like what I kind of project out like going forward. Um, and then okay. it is weird because a lot of teams that I was giving A's like, you know, Miami's Cleveland, I, almost to a point, I was right. I'm like, well, not equitable, but I'm like, no, we need we need to have a worse pick. We need to have something there at that spot. Um, and like you said, worse picks not necessarily meaning that it's like this, this player might turn out to be great, but exactly. it's going to be great at that particular spot. Yeah, that's um, right. I think, um, and I think it was one of, I think it was Pittsburgh. I think they traded um up to get like an offensive tackle. I forgot what what round they did. I kind of that was kind of one of the things that uh, that was kind of skewed mm-hmm. um, my ranking with them because you know especially at that point there was no need to trade um, down. I mean, want to trade up? Pardon me. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's and it, and that's and it's two different things. It's like and once again, like your worst pick may still be a good pick. I mean, if right. you give a, you give a team a you know an A or an A plus, that doesn't mean. But it, there was no other process like you know there was not nothing else let's face it you know we're we're content creators here we can't you know we have to put something out there to make people you know pick one side or the other you yeah. know that is part mm-hmm. of it but um yeah it was really interesting i knew that was going to be tough but uh you came up with it so you know we'll, we'll kind of get into that because you've touched on some of the teams i like so anybody watching right now i'm going to bring up the uh the actual uh, grade card that coach made up for uh, off the ball network. And we're going to kind of go through it here and some things that just, you know, jumped out to me. Um, you know, there's a couple teams here. Let's start with, let's start with the good stuff. So I got, I, I got a, a short list here. The, the first one that I see, we've got the NFC up right now. Let's talk about the Chicago bears. Uh, so you've got, you, you gave them an a, um, you, so your, their best pick was Justin Fields. That's that's you know not a reach. Uh, their worst pick was uh, Thomas Graham Jr. So let's just take this team here. We I won't make you do this for every team. <laughs> Your thought process on the overall grade, the best and the worst. So basically, the Bears. I just love what they did. Um, getting the guy in Justin Fields. Um, they finally have a quarterback, and you know, and I've been talking about this all week. Where that's the difference between them be- becoming. Um, just a fringe playoff team to actually contenders in the NFC. Um, now you, you're hoping that now you have stability at this quarterback position. Um, you, you, you're definitely, I'm definitely not envisioning another quarterback carousel that happened last year with, you know, Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles kind of like kind of going do si who's, you know, musical chairs essentially. So I and then I, I'm curious as what Matt Nagy. We always looked at Matt Nagy as the quarterback whisperer. So <laughs> this is, this is almost like this is like the no excuse. I mean, you know, people credit him for for drafting Patrick Mahomes. He didn't, you know, didn't get the the fruits of his labor. Obviously, he went to Chicago after you know after uh, Mahomes started. So that too, um, they beat up the offensive line. Um, two guys and Tevin Jenkins and uh, uh, Larry Borum. Um, I think that's going to be definitely solid down the line. Um, I and a guy we talked about in the college football season that's really intriguing, Khalil Herbert out of Virginia Tech. Yeah, he's and it's funny. He kind of reminds me of kind of what they already have in the running back room. When I look at um, when I look at the kid from NC State, I mean NC State, but of kind of AT, I forgot his name, but the um, um, Colvin, no, not Colvin. I forgot. I'm not sure. It's um, Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen, pardon me. Yeah, Cohen, Cohen. So, yeah, he kind of he reminded me similar to that. 
And I mean, everybody loves him down in, in Blacksburg. He'll do his thing. And then also um, part of my bias, but uh, Daz Newsom um, there at the wide receiver position. I think he's going to be solid. He's going to be a guy that's definitely going to help that wide receiver core. Um, he's not probably going to be like the, your, the I call it the, the sexy wide receiver, but he'll be a guy who can catch the ball out the backfield and can create um, yak. So but you, I, but you know, I'm on your side. That I'm all, I'm all, I'm more about the yak any more than I am. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big, big uh, time. I, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a sexy wide receiver guy. <laughs> only because until one of them get gets over the hump and takes right. the team to the promised land, you know, you, you got to show me. Um, other than that, give me somebody that uh, can catch the ball. If you give me. Here's the thing about the NFL: you get you get four downs to get a first down. So if, if you can give me a guy that's going to give me four or five yards a, yep. a, a, a you know an attempt every time, you know we can yep. start with that. We can start with that. So yeah, I kind of like that. So we'll we go through some other ones here. Here's one. We'll jump down here to um, this one's kind of near and dear to my heart. Uh, you gave the Miami Dolphins an A plus. Everybody out there knows I'm a Miami <laughs> Dolphins fan. If you can see, there's a Miami Dolphins placard behind me. Sorry, left hand. Um, so walk me through Miami real quick. So here's here's the thing about Miami. Mm-hmm. Their first pick was Jalen Waddle. Yep. Who a lot of people consider, you know, some people consider the best wide receiver in the draft, but everybody considered a top. We'll say top ten. Everybody had him top ten, and uh, but you have their best. This is a great one to start with. You had their best pick as Jalen Phillips, which is an edge rusher. So kind of walk us through that. Why? What what the difference is there? Just so people can get a feel for uh, Couch Coach Lives. Uh, and what's funny, and this and this is wasn't you know this is not a personal bias. We all know Jeff is my guy, but regardless of who he who he roots for, it was Dolphins that they they knocked it out in the park. The Jalen Phillips was very intriguing for him to even fall to you guys was like, it's huge. like it was huge. And and the thing about it, he played very, very well last year. Like he was a sleeper guy. Um, you know, I think the the issues with UCLA is behind him. So I just love that edge rush. That's definitely we you know, when you look at that team, especially with the blind Brian Flores defense, and I think he's yes. gonna be a guy, I think day one is going to just—he's going to put somebody on that turf. And, and I want to say that you've—you've uh, you've always kind of been on that. Um, you know, you've kind of always been on that bandwagon of like recognizing, you know, a player's. You—you you were never like caught up in distractions and stuff in college. You were always like, Let's see what you can do on the field and recognizing yeah. talent, which is real cool. So, uh, honestly, tell me about Jared Dokes, their worst pick. Uh, just kind of. Just kind of run me through. This team got an A plus, so I imagine it's yeah, on a bad. And I think it's just—it's really just more so of just—I mean, getting the running back in that position. It was more so than that, because I mean, you really knocked it out the park. I mean, with just we talked, you know, Waddle. Um, I love Javon Holland. I think that was the guy that was kind of like a value that you you got at that point. And then I like um, Liam Echenberg, the um, offensive tackle from Notre yeah. Dame. So me too. I like. And to solidify him with Austin Jackson on the other side, I, I'm like, yeah. this is, and like, yeah. And let's recognize too, you were you've you've been telling me about this for a year that that um, you know, this is if I'm not if I'm correct, this is all sort of part of the the two draft picks in the first round that was still part of the uh, the Houston trade, correct? Yeah, yeah, and because you were, you were on that from day one last year that that you know that if this all works out, let's say Jalen Waddles a you know, an all pro player, let's say your, your guy, Jalen Phillips is as good as you think that draft, you know, that, that, uh, trade, I'm sorry, that, uh, Tunsil trade can be huge <laughs> for them to get that pick right there. I mean, that can turn a franchise around if this winds up being a, it turns it into a playoff team and you've been, yeah. uh, you know, kind of pounding that table for a while. So that's all. Yeah. And you're going to get a first round pick from San Francisco next year. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> it's I, the gift that keeps on giving. I I stand by, and and I'm with you. Like I I'm not biased either. I just what I see is that Flores yeah. is the first guy from the Belichick tree that is that is on the path that that Belichick stayed on. And I think that if they go, if they have a terrible season last year, it might set that back. But I think he kind of he bought himself he bought himself some uh, time by having such a great season. 
And I think everything, like everything they're doing, I'm, I'm on board with as a fan. And I, as an analyst, I'm like, you know, you can't argue with it all. So uh, we'll go to, uh, we'll go to a couple more here. Uh, you touched on them and we'll just kind of expound on them. Um, and this is a, this is a big one, but nobody can argue. A lot of people think that this team had the, the best draft overall, uh, the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Um, a lot of people think that they had the best draft. There's no argument that they had a good draft. And this is a team that every when they were making picks, I'm like, that team got better. Like this team, you know, it's a playoff team. It's it's hard for it's hard for people to remember when you say Cleveland Browns, this is a playoff win team. Like they went to the divisional round of the playoffs, took Kansas City to the mat. Uh, we all know that, you know, there's a big play and all that. So this is a team ready. Um, they got a lot of talent. And so then you have a playoff team at A minus. That's huge. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the Cleveland Browns and especially let's talk about their best pick, uh, Jeremiah Wasu uh, Karamoa. Yeah. They got a top 15 player <laughs> in the second round. Like it's it's insane. And what's scary about him is just the versatility of him. You know, linebacker wise, he just he's versatile, and then coupled with Clowney on one end, and then you also got um, um, Garrett, Miles Garrett on the other end, and like this is going to be a potentially scary team. If this, and then also um, coupled with the, um, and I don't know, we kind of um, talked about Newsom, kind of was like an iffy pick, yeah, but then. In essence, we kind of talked ourselves out of that, out of the doubtness, because we're like, well, you can't really can't go wrong with having, you know, quality depth at the cornerback position. Yep. But I mean, this I tell you, I, I'm this Cleveland team is 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 a potential is a, is a contenders in this league. Yeah, they're. Putting, I, yeah. I, I, I'm loving what they're putting putting together. Yeah, I could not argue with their draft. I thought Newsom, like I was on board. Like you get, you just, you just stockpile good players because here's yep. it's the thing. It's the NFL. They're playing 17 games next season. Yep. You're going to have injuries. Like everybody, like I always get this question. You know, they'll draft a guy, and then somebody always, you know, asks me, "Well, what are you going to do with that guy? Like keep him? You can have like I understand you have so many roster spots, and it's tough, but you got practice squads." Like you have room to keep good players on the on the yeah. field. Um, you know, we can talk about Tampa Bay Buccaneers um when their running back situation last year, you know what I mean? And the yeah. the starting running back of the Super Bowl, they got what halfway into the season or five games, six games in? Yeah. And and he was, you know, he was one of the difference makers. So you need depth, you just need players. I, I I'm all about if you see a really good player there. Don't reach for someone to fill a position. Go ahead and take another good player and then figure it out. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Because we, we tend to see the NFL as a one, you know, a one season league, but that's not how it works. You know, in three seasons from now, Newsom might be the guy that, you know, keeps things afloat or gets you over the top or whatever. So yeah, I can't I can't argue with that. Cleveland had a had a had a really good one. And then um another one that you had on there, we'll touch on these kind of talked about it but i've got yeah. th this team's interesting because I, yeah. I like what you got here so so coach has jacksonville jaguars and a minus which is pretty good and then his best uh, obviously trevor lawrence you had to pick him no brainer his worst is travis etienne and um me and you agreed on this especially like on draft yeah. night i was mm -hmm. like you can't take you know etienne at this spot but they did so um let's kind of go through the jacksonville jaguars uh you know Tre trevor lawrence is obvious He's the best quarterback in the draft. We can, I think he's widely considered one of the best in the last 10, 15 years. Prospects. Um, let's talk about Travis Etienne. Um, you have him as the worst pick. So I kind of want to go through how you how you come up with that. Well, just more so just where he was at that spot. Cause I think that was their that was their 25th overall pick. Well, I think they could have got better value. And even though it worked out for them, even though they did get Tyson Campbell the very next day, but I could even even Tyus Campbell could have potentially been there at 25. Well, that could have been a reach, but I just think his, their need really wasn't that running back at that point. Because I, when I look at a first round pick, like you said, I know it's kind of we talk about, but we want you as a first round pick, he's you want that person to be your starter, like yeah. whatever position you have. And he potentially may be a starter for them um, next season. It's iffy, but I think they could have got him at a, at a, 
fairly at a lower position. That that they definitely could have um, pulled a trigger on him Friday afternoon. And and I don't I don't think he's irreplaceable either. I'm not. I, I won't yeah. do a show about how much I dislike running back. <laughs> but we all know the story. But that that's what I say. Your your first round picks in my mind ought to be at least a a ten year starter. Maybe three or four Pro Bowls. Like that's we, we, I'm not saying they should all be that. Like they're disappointments, but that's what you're thinking. And I just don't see how taking a uh, a running back that doesn't have he doesn't have a full toolbox. He's got he's got he's got a great you know upper end, but he he, he can't do it all. And that's not his. There's nothing wrong with that. A lot of a lot of players can't do it all. You know, and that's why I think it, if I think at this point, you know, they should have took whoever the best defensive player is, uh, maybe an offensive lineman, you know, something something like that, more of a foundation. We all know that regardless of how good running backs are, you can't build a foundation on them anymore. Um, it's just it's just not the way it is because of injuries and and schemes and things like that. So I, I kind of – I like that one. And I think that will jump off the page uh, with people, for being honest. So uh, that's some of the best. <laughs> so let's move on to – let's move on to a few of these that uh, – <laughs> that jumped off here because I, I will admit I missed a lot of the, the, you know, latter end of the draft, but here's a team that when I was going through your list really jumped off at me, Seattle Seahawks got a D minus, which I know coach, he's one of the nicest guys I've ever met. That means that he had to talk himself out of an F because he, that what I'm guessing is you looked at one player and we're like, eh, maybe I'm wrong about that player. That's the only thing that kept them from an F. They're, they're, you got their best as Stone Forsyth, an offensive tackle, and you got their worst as Trey Brown. So uh, walk me through the Seattle, you know, Seattle uh, thought process when you went with them. Well, with Seattle, they only have they only had three picks, so it was just like that was kind of partially one of the reasons why they were graded so low. That's fair though. Um, the three and I want to say Forsyth will be their best pick because. He'll probably be the one that'll probably more than likely will be starting because their offensive line is that bad. Like I do, um, like I like Dwayne. Um, their the I forgot the I forgot his last name, but their wide receiver got in the third round. Uh, I like he was a solid pick. So they got him, and then Trey Brown, which is a cornerback. I think he was there. He was their middle round pick. And it's just the fact it's incomplete. I really want to do incomplete, but I'm like, you know what? We're, well, gonna, that, we're just gonna give him a D minus. That that's the proper grade. <laughs> is incomplete. So we got a we got a couple more on here. Here's a good one here. This is an interesting for everybody. Um, the Green Bay Packers got a C minus, but I think they had a really interesting draft because what was it? It was was it the day of the draft the Aaron Rodgers story comes out? Yes. And so then all of a sudden they've got a draft not knowing if they're not only Hall of Fame quarterback but legendary quarterback is even coming back to the team. He's basically said he doesn't want to. So now they, they've got a draft based on we have no idea what next season you know has in store. They wind up with a C-minus. And ironically, their best pick is Amari Rodgers out of Clemson, <laughs> wide receiver, which – let, we can we might talk a little bit about Amari Rogers, like how low he was in the draft. Like you want to talk mm -hmm. about a guy that probably played too many games. Um, yep. th th this guy was great from day one to to the end of his career, but I think he became such a staple at Clemson that yep. I this is what I think happens a lot of times in the NFL draft is people get caught up in you know, what, what ex the newest thing, what explodes off the screen. Amari Rogers played so many games. I think he just got forgot. Um, I remember when this guy's a freshman, they're like, okay, he's one of the best in the country. And then for him to fall to the, you know, the Packers when he did really, that that's a steal. But now all yeah. of a sudden you may not have a quarterback to throw it to him. And then, but let's talk about Eric Stokes. You got him at cornerback. Um, that was their first round pick, correct? Yes. Let's talk about that pick, and then we'll go back. I, to the and the only reason why I did that because of the reach. Um, at yeah, that point, reach. because I look at this because, and we talked about this even on on the show um, on Thursday um, for the draft show, where he's the second best cornerback at Georgia. Um, I think because because they um, yeah. it's because is it Tyson? Yeah, that's right. Because Tyson Campbell was their number yeah. one um, corner at Georgia, and then he got drafted what in the second round, 
and versus him, he got drafted almost 10 spots um, in front of him. The thing is, and my thing is, I granted, they do need a, another wide receiver to kind of take the responsibility, not more so, of just to help that low with Devontae Adams. Yeah. But to me, you know, he was, you know, saying, well, nobody really was available. But then last year, you traded for a quarterback. You traded in, you know, you traded, you traded up to get a quarterback. So you didn't want to trade up again to get a wide receiver. Like, and then this is whole circus with, with Green Bay. Like, like we said, it was crazy because of the whole day, I think like probably about mid, mid afternoon ish. That's yep. when all the rumors came out. And then I remember, I don't know if I was on another show that before, you know, before I went on, for, on Thursday and there was a rumor then circling that Denver was like, had the odds on chance of getting um, Aaron Rodgers. People was even thinking that Patrick Tan was going to go. That's why Denver drafted him. To get Aaron Rodgers, I mean, that's what I'm telling you. It's like it was so many like windows and rumors circling that, and that's why everybody was kind of questioning Denver um, of getting him because they were like, well, he might be going to Green Bay, which that still can potentially happen. But in the same token, it's like it was just odd. Like that was just such a very weird um, night for so, for Green Bay. So, so I'll get my my I got two questions. So mm-hmm. question one: well, How do you feel about the Amari Rodgers pick? Um, to me, I think that's a. I think it's great. Like I think said, it's great, and that's the thing with, with Clemson because Clemson is really literally like wide receiver. You yes, I think you really can't go wrong with receivers from Clemson. Um, I forgot. Um, because couple a couple of their receivers got drafted. Um, I forgot. I should know his. I know his. I know his last name. Obviously, it's Powell. Yeah, um, I forgot his first name. Oh, Carnell, Carnell Powell. They all play. And, even even Hunter Renfro. Yes, is in the league. Yes, like, yes, a balling. Yeah, that that dude's built like me, and he's out there balling. Like, and I, I mean that as respect to Hunter Renfro. Anybody that's in the league, I yeah. saw Mari Rogers pick, and I'm like, what I really wanted to say was, this is why you don't take these wide receivers at number four. If I can get a Mari Rogers here, Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Hey, we'll talk about. It. Let's do that. We'll go into that here in a second. But then, my next question. My next question is: Do you think that Green Bay in this draft drafted as if Aaron Rodgers was going to be there or not? I couldn't really tell. I say not. I think kind of not. And the thing is, and it's so weird. Like I, I feel like with Green Bay, I feel like we're like in deja vu, deja vu mode. Because last year we were questioning the, the Jordan <laughs> Love pick. Now we're questioning the Eric Stokes pick. But, and then, and we kind of sit down, and, and you know, a lot of people was upset about Aaron Rodgers kind of creating a stir. But a part of him is probably thinking to himself, "My window is closing. Like it may, there's maybe a, a slight crack in the window." But it's about to get shut sealed because now you're looking at San Francisco's coming back and they're going to be healthy and what have you. So, you know, now you could be, you know, at best, maybe the third best team in the NFC. And that's, you know, then that means you, you know, go and play Tampa again uh, yeah. with that roster. Could you um, beat a, a newly revamped um, San Francisco 49ers team? And he, I think he understands like, Look, like we got y'all gotta do something, you know, you know get me out of here or, or else because you know, like you like and I think somebody was saying now he, it's weird to think that he's become somewhat irrelevant compared to a four three year old Tom Brady. Now he's the king of the NFC. So it's like it's you know, <laughs> you would <Yeah>. thought <laughs> that his time would be be up. That's a good point. about Tom Brady. Yeah, and I don't think me and you, either one of us, are huge Aaron Rodgers apologists. Like I think that we, I think we all know that there's something missing there with Rodgers, and that's fine. I, I just don't think that I've all I've said for years that I don't think that um, like I, whatever percentage you are committed, you know, if I don't know what player we're gonna say, you know, Walter Payton's 100 percent committed. Yep. It, it maybe Rodgers is 85, which is fine. I, I do not begrudge somebody for having you know, things outside of football and things like that. But um, I also won't say that I, when it's all said and done, I don't think that – I don't think he cares as much about not winning another title as people may think. Um, but but I don't, don't want to speak for somebody, but I just – but I think, to, in my opinion, I think Green Bay was 
they're think in the back of their mind they're thinking about moving on. So uh, so one more team I, I saw in the worst, and we'll talk a little bit about Cincinnati because I got a lot of Ohio fans here. Um, j- this jumped out to me just because I think that I don't know what this team is doing. Uh, you brought it up draft night. The Las Vegas Raiders. I, I have no idea what they think they're doing. Like they, their team is middle of the road, and it feels like they draft middle of the road. Um, I you know every you know for the last three years it's like do they believe in their quarterback? Do they not? Um, you've got them as a D plus, and I think the only my guess is let me let me I'm gonna try and get in the mind of coach here just because I know him so well. Speaking of which, we're just past our like one year anniversary coach of me and you working, yeah. which is pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> My guess is that the only reason they got a D plus is because uh Trevin Morig fell to him. Other than that, like <laughs> yeah. so their best pick, you got Trevin Morig and then their worst, you got Alex Leatherwood. So Let's go. Let's do uh, the Trevin uh, Mowrig thing and what you think of him, and then we'll go to uh, Leatherwood and we'll talk about where the Raiders are headed. <laughs> so I think Mowrig was definitely a great, um, great for them. He was a guy that many of us looked at as potentially like a first round guy. So you know to get him where you got him, even though they had to trade up just kind of to to get him, but that's still kind of a value pick. So I definitely yes. think that's a and that definitely helps um, their depth. Safety wise, definitely uh, teaming them up now. Um, and and uh, I'm gonna say Oakland, Las Vegas. <laughs> so yeah. I definitely think that's gonna be. And, he, and he's a and he's a guy too that I, I I've been you know just pounding the table for yep. guys that you know can play different positions. This is a guy that you can keep in the game. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. You know if you need to drop him down to cover somebody in the slot or whatever, it's fine. I we we still call them safeties, but. If we started yeah. calling defensive backs, it would make more sense. But I love this pick, and I think that's the only thing that kept them out of the doghouse with you, um, Alex Leatherwood. Uh, nobody likes. Where did where do you? Th- Alex Leatherwood's a guy that I hear maybe would have dropped a three. What was your opinion? Yeah, I mean, he. I mean, I don't. I I, I didn't see him in any like first round mock drafts. Like, I, obviously ours. Uh, just. People that 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 know this stuff is <laughs> not oh. even you know checking, not even having him there. And the thing about that that killed me about that pick because you and you look at this is a trend of what ended up happening where you know how everybody kind of traded down. You look at what Dallas did. We and it's funny we thought Dallas was crazy with trading down with Philly and the Giants trading down to with Chicago, but they should have followed suit like. If to me, you could have got him the very next. Like he's another one where you could have got him. Hell, you might could have got him Saturday morning. <laughs> right? I mean, potentially. I'm not, lot, I mean, I've heard a lot of guys say that, man. And you know, I, always, <laughs> I, mean, I, always, I defer to you guys, but I've heard, I've heard some people say that he may not be able to play tackle, and you can't draft a guy. In in the first round, if you think that you got to switch positions, was well, here's the thing: I have no right. problem. He may move to guard and be a you know a ten time All Pro guard. That's fine. You you can't pick him at that spot, right? To to be that guy. If you if you want to pick a guard at that spot, I have no problem with because I'm I'm here to say that I am not as hung up on tackles as I you know as I was 10, 15 years ago. But if if you're gonna pick a guy that in the first round and you got to move positions to me, that's a mistake. I think the Raiders are just, I, I really, I don't think they help themselves in the draft and I, uh, except for, you know, Moerig of course, and they're, they're a little bit of a mess right now. And the thing with that is you actually could have, you know, cause you could have got Derrishaw if you wanted Derrishaw. Right. But if you didn't just trade down, get more assets, and because I'm teams are gonna jump because you think about it, because it was what like 17 for what have you. Mm-hmm. I mean, teams could teams could have easily gonna jump for you. Maybe hell, you could even did someone Green Bay. They could have if they, you know, just it just a, I know somebody would have been desperate to get their pick. I think they had seven, I think they either yeah. seven or whatever. Somebody would have some they would have had a trading partner and they could have got some compensation to kind of move down. Or what have you? The thing is, and that's the thing where, and we talked about this all the time. And it's and it's like it's cool to have you have somebody that you want, and that's fine. We don't, we have no problem with what you're doing with that, but you know who you want. Your skip is the prices. 
the price is too low. Like to me at this yeah. point, what you need to do, trade down. You the, you you'll get you'll get who you want and you'll get more value. Yeah, it doesn't even matter really how it, how it works. I mean, it's like everything. This is like why would I buy something today? And I can get it tomorrow for like fifty percent off. Yeah, why would I? Uh, <laughs> I mean, essentially, one one of no. our one of our no. viewers they they did not get a quarterback. No. No. Stephen Gillespie asked, they and that's the problem. Yeah, so they're, they're that's what I mean. They're they're right. they're going, they're going with what they did last year, which is yep, whatever. If you want to go through with that, but they, you know, Morig helps them, but that's it. That's all that helps them going in the next year, and that's so. And a lot of times. Yeah, that's how I judge a draft right. is are you better next year unless you're a team that's not going to be good for four years. So you brought it up. Well, now this is a team that I predict won't be playoff ready until at least we'll say three years from now. And that's the Cincinnati Bengals. You kind of touched on it earlier. And uh, you know, we'll we'll talk about it. You have their best pick as Jackson uh Carmen, which means that you don't think Jamar Chase was their best pick. So this is a great example. Let's let's talk about your thought process here. So, um, you know, make us understand. I'm gonna tell you, I, and I've been beating the drum for Panay Sewell since uh, the that advent. Was, that was should have been the pick there, <laughs> right? I've been beat like ever since. I, I even had the Jets wanting to get him if they would have kept Sam, Sam Donald. Um, you just you just look at just the simple fact of just what Panay Sewell is. He's a generational talent. And you need to protect your investment. So I looked at that situation where it was a reach. And I like Jamar Chase is going to be good, but did you did you see Miles um, Garrett at the draft the other day? Y'all got somebody to to to, to um, guard him, negate him, so he yeah. won't so he won't get your quarterback back on the on the ground. Yeah. But and like I said, and even to Steve's point, where like I said, I, I even. You know, I think I think we did one in box drafts. I was like, they got wide receiver depth. They got like a, like I looked at because I always say, I always I think um, was that T Higgins another Higgins. Clemson, another another Clemson wide receiver. Yes, a good I Clemson he, wide receiver. Right, right. I thought he might be the best wide receiver in the draft coming out last year. Right, and I thought for sure, like, and I think he's going to be a guy that could be a a, one, a thousand yard receiver in this league, like perennially. Like, I think it's you know almost like yearly. I just didn't like the. I just did not like the fact of getting him at that spot. Well, because you look at even like you look and people was like clowning Detroit, like they was all happy, like they got a franchise quarterback. But guess what? They got a franchise left tackle in Panay Sewell, and yep. they're, they're gonna get their quarterback situation straight next year potentially. And- and here's the thing. I, I, I saw this happen, you know, not not just because I'm an Ohio State fan, but this is a guy that I watched, you know, growing up, uh, Orlando Pace. Yeah. And I saw him I saw him go to a, you know, a, a bad – I believe he went to the L.A. Rams. I don't think they were in St. Louis yet. If they were in St. Louis, it was early. And this is the same situation as to where, like, we know this guy is good. Let's see what we can do. And then they build a team and they build a team. But what's important about when you have offensive linemen, it's a lot of it is that guy, first of all, he's he's in every play with your quarterback. So, you know, there's really six guys that are on the field every play, and that's your five offensive linemen and your quarterback. So that has to be a unit, not just the offensive line. So, so when you want to talk about making a quarterback better, there's your unit right there. So now if you get a guy like Sewell, if he does want it being that good, you've got a guy that's on the field every offensive play of every game that can help your team. A wide receiver can only do so much. You know, when it's fourth and one, that wide receiver, I'm not saying he can't catch a pass, but he's he's not doing as much. Like there he can only do so much as to where an offensive lineman, if you think, like you say, he's a generational talent, that's you're getting double the snaps than you get out of a wide receiver. And we all know a wide receiver, once again, they need the ball. An offensive tackle does not need the ball. So I totally agree with you. And I, I, I mean, I, I said all week and they didn't do it. Cincinnati was in the prime spot to really yeah. pick up some draft picks and really build their roster by moving, maybe, maybe dropping two spots in the draft, maybe, maybe three or four. And they could have built their roster up. I, um, I don't know. I'll ask you, do you think that the chase thing was because of Joe Burrow? I mean, to me, that's ridiculous. I mean, potentially. I mean, you would think that would probably make more sense because 
I would assume it was some form of um, it's some form of not that he was in the room per se, but it might. I can say he can he potentially influenced it if they had to put a percentage on it, maybe about. 30 40 percent so how do you how do you feel about that i, I totally I, I don't i don't i don't like it like i said and, 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 but i love it for detroit because yeah next year spencer rattler's there or maybe the 2021 Hasbro trophy winner sam howell lands into their <laughs> into their into their lap in detroit and i mean and it, but thing is though we've saw yeah. football who we don't know who's going to be available next year like i think right. we i think another thing we've saw this year is quarterbacks are starting to move more than they ever did um, mm-hmm. So I think, and here's the thing: I should be totally fair. We don't know. We do not know that golf's going to be a failure in Detroit. Like I'm just saying. I mean, Ask Steven. Ask Steven. Steven Hill. Yeah, we're not going to go down, we're not gonna go down that road. Steven, tell him. We don't know yet. Even though I don't think it's going to work out, then I'm like, well, what's my reasoning? I mean, the guy's. You know, he's got playoff wins. He's been to a mm-hmm. Super Bowl. Like, he's got more success. He's got more success than the guy they let go, if that makes any sense. Now, I don't – do I think they're the same? No, not at all. But we said that about, uh, you know, Alex Smith when he went to Kansas City, yeah. things like that. I'm saying, like, yeah. you know, I just want to be totally fair that even <laughs> though I think that they need a quarterback in the next couple of years, we don't know. They've got a young – highly paid quarterback that's all i can say true, about it true but but they, they're they're an interesting pick um yeah and then um so let's talk about we talked about cincinnati you had their worst pick as chris evans at running back and I'll, I'll just ask you why just so people understand your your list yeah just i think just when it got them at that spot i just think they could have it could have uh, addressed another need at that, at that spot to so me yeah, it was back. yeah if you're yeah just, it if was more so, yeah. Back, get get undrafted free agents. Get somebody that's that's been passed. Like I don't know, but then once again, I know it's just me and running backs. Yeah, yeah I know. So another one yeah. I, we got to talk about. This is this is an awesome one. This this will probably. Oh, sorry about that. Oh, I guess nothing changed on your end. Um, sorry, I got I got a lot of screens going on here, people. I apologize. We got a lot to cover. Um, so this one will probably get the most clicks when they see the list on offballnetwork.com. Oh. Let's talk about Dallas Cowboys. Now, here's there's two things about this. I want everybody to know that my man, uh, Couch Coach, is the rock-solid fan of the Washington football team. Uh, live or die, you know, so, so supports them, but he's not, un, you know, he's not, um, he's not blinded by them. He has the Dallas Cowboys. He gave him a B plus on draft day, which I thought was a little high. But once again, mm-hmm. I'm not the expert here. So he's got <laughs> Dallas Cowboys at B plus. So, but here, here's where it gets a little sticky. He's got their best pick as Jabril Cox, linebacker. Linebacker. Uh, that's important. Yeah. Uh, he's got their worst pick as Josh Ball, offensive tackle. We're going to cover both of them because the more we talk about Dallas Cowboys, for some reason – people care whatever uh yeah so anyway as much as i don't want to talk about the nfc east let's talk <laughs> a little bit about the dallas cowboys because i think everybody including me thought the best pick in the draft was mike parsons to the dallas cowboys yeah coach i need you to tell everybody yeah. why Jabril okay. Cox was actually the best pick and let me preface this <laughs> parsons was a fantastic pick and when they got him, and that's no, and I didn't put him as the worst. He's he's a I like that pick, but I love the Jabril Cox pick and where they got him at. They got him in the fourth round. Oof. He's going to be a guy I think is definitely he's going to be the Jalen Smith replacement. In okay. my I just like what he does. He's um you know as a Washington fan, it's it's just pain me, but um. What he could do, he has great ball skills. Um, he's gonna be the guy. He's gonna be pretty much an outside linebacker. Um, he's, I mean, he is a beast. Like when you sit down, you think about this. Is simple fact of the transition last year. He did a great in LSU. You know, obviously they come off the um, national championship. They looked horrible. You know, they had bad stretches. Now, imagine you, Jabril Cox was at North Dakota State and then transferred as graduate. Um, as 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 um at the LSU, mm-hmm. and uh, he was tremendous in that one. You look at, I think he, I think he had, I want to say about, I think he had like three interceptions. So you just look at him just from that stand pack, 
I think he's going to be a he's a great great value. Yes. Um, and like you said, and 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 like I said, I, now I was even said in the beginning, like Dan Quinn is going to turn his defense around. And you look, I think their first six picks were or defense, and you just look at just this team by itself. They really improved their defense, and now you just look at that linebacker core. Um, with Parsons and also Cox there. Now, you know, as far as now you want to see how Vander Rush and Smith, they've been kind of the inconsistent um, linebackers on that team. So, you know, coupled with that, and I think Jabril Cox is definitely going to fill that bill. And I, like, and to get him at the, in the, they got him, they got him Saturday morning. This That's ain't crazy. like, this ain't a Friday night pick, a Thursday uh, or a Thursday night pick. And they got that man Saturday afternoon. And and right. <laughs> yeah, and here's the thing. I'll get on my soapbox yeah. a little bit here because the, this is what I love about the draft. What, what they did in this draft. What we'll just say Dallas, for instance, since we're talking about them. What they did was sometimes you can draft a player like Micah Parsons. When they drafted him, you know, I already thought this. And then when they got Cox, I'm like, oh my gosh. What yep. they do is they allow everybody to play in their position. So guys that may you know guys that may have you know limited ability, but really good in one, you know, aspect of their game. Now they can do it. And this is what we saw. I, you know, I keep telling every, you know, preaching it, but this is what we saw Tampa Bay do last year. Those two yeah. linebackers at Tampa Bay, I mean, they played a four, two, five, sometimes a three, two, six. And that, you know, in that Super Bowl, because their linebackers could cover so much ground. And that's what I said about Parsons when they got him. I'm like, he shrinks the game. He speeds it up. And, we also talked about everybody for some reason, you know, everybody, uh, when you have a really good quarterback, everybody wants to go offense, wants to go offense, giving weapons, giving weapons. Well, you know what a weapon is when you have a really good defense and the other offense comes on the field and they are stressed because they think they got to score points. Cause guess what that happens? You throw incompletions and then you punt. Now all of a sudden Dak Prescott's, you know, starting every, you know, every series from the 45 yard line, you know what I mean? Or the 30, the, you know, the 35 yard line at worst. So now he's got a shortened field. And every time he scores, the other offense is like, okay, we have to score here. So that pressure, like, you know, that, that changes a game. That is really important to a game. That's why sometimes when you got a really good quarterback, we, uh, the best example I ever saw was the Denver Broncos when they won the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. That guy, could barely throw a ball 15 yards (laughs) that defense made made every possession of the other team so important that you couldn't outscore them you know what i mean so i don't i have no problem with dallas doing this i think they made all the right decisions they didn't i thought last year they reached you know they went for cd lamb and all that not nothing against cd lamb but i thought they should have done this last year uh they did it this year um i'm not saying like dallas or anything but i'm just pointing out that I, I draft based on did you make your team better, and and I think they made their team better, and they they made it a little easier on um, their quarterback at the same time. Yeah, and I like the whole, and the whole Dan Quinn get, and I said I said that even you know when he got hired, like that's going that's a tremendous um, upgrade for that defense, and you get all these guys here where it's going to definitely. Um, it, it, and it's funny, they, it's going to be it might be like almost like the Denver role versus almost to your point, Jeff, where. We looked at remember the first Super Bowl when they lost Seattle. They were this offensive juggernaut, exactly. And then now they're going to probably transition to this uh, a very stout defense. And I definitely think they're going to improve like immediately um, with with um, with these picks, and then also with Dan Quinn. Like I definitely like that was probably one of the biggest offseason acquisitions as far as coaching wise that in the NFL. Yep. I think for, for once they finally did it. So I, yeah. I'll just put you on the spot for a few more questions here. Um, <laughs> right. You know, I promise we, we could, I would love, I would love to sit here and go through every team, team by team and do this. Once again, everybody go to authballnetwork.com, check out coach's list and get at him, ask him the questions. Um, I, I totally recommend that, but I want to ask you a few, like what, uh, okay. So let, let's toot your own horn here. What, what's a draft pick that you were like, I told you, like that was a great pick. Like that's what I would have done. Um, maybe nobody else saw anything stand out on through the draft that you were like, I'm the smartest guy in the room. Funny is is it sound even though I did I went against my grain. Trey Lance, 
because a lot oh, of yeah, people talk about Trey Lance. Because right? right. a lot of people, and this is funny where I keep on telling people, like, because people, you know, everybody's like, oh, he wants Mac Jones. Because I I put out I, I pretty much had um Justin Fields going to San Francisco, and everybody kept on saying, Well, he doesn't like athletic quarterbacks, he doesn't like this, that, and the third. I was like, as a as a Washington football fan, he he, you know, look what he he, you know, look what he did with G3, and then also, even though Kirk Cousins, you know, in that in that little tenure that they yeah. had together, I like he. The thing with Cal, he's it, like that's what makes is the genius of him. I like how what he does with his quarterbacks. Essentially, he he works to their strengths, not to their yeah. weaknesses. So he 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 carves out a game plan that help amplify amplifies their strengths. And you look at especially, um, you know, looking at a close hand with, with the situation in Washington. You seen that way he was able to kind of get those play action plays for RG three and what have you, and and the thing is, I think he knows in just the way this game is played now, he's got to have that type of quarterback. And I don't never think, I don't ever think more so he shied away from it, just more so just what he had. I mean, like I told people, dude, this man Brian Hoyer, he had the Cleveland Browns six and three in two thousand and thirteen. Like, are yeah. you kidding me? Like, like it's 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 great what was going on now. Like, I mean. That was crazy to think they were six and three going into like the half of that season. I think it was like 2013 or 2014. Yeah. I forget what year. And then he goes to Atlanta, kind of, you know, bogart his way out of Cleveland to go to Atlanta. And he turned <laughs> Matt Ryan into a, a super un- over the um <laughs> to MVP, pardon me. <laughs> but he just didn't get the job done. But I definitely think um that was kind of one of those ones where everybody's like, oh, he wants a Mac Jones, he just wants a statue in the pocket. And I'm like, uh, no. I, ne- I never bought that. Now I will say yeah. that I, I said it was I said it was Fields until about a couple weeks before, and then I switched to Lance. Um yeah. and once again, I tell everybody I don't have a problem with that because every time I come, every time I bring up Justin Fields, you know, should have went higher, they're all like, Well, Trey Lance is better. And I'm like, Well, that's fine. He like I, I won't argue that. Like if you think Trey Lance is better, like I respect that, but that doesn't mean Justin Fields couldn't have went next. Um, so that was my that was my whole thing about that. But I have no problem with them picking Lance. Um, I think that's the right pick um, for sure. I think San Francisco. Yeah. Once again, I think San Francisco got better in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, oh, overall, uh, oh yeah. No, go ahead. And man, I. Uh, I forgot to mention this too, man. Your boy is gonna be a beast there, Trey Sermon. I like. I can already see him That's like. Yeah, I can see pick. him having like Moser's type of runs, like instantly. Like I was like, yo, this. That's I was a like, nice. That's another value pick. I was like, this is gonna be crazy. That's like, a really, running that line. That's a really like, good Ooh. offense. That's a really good offense for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah man. That, that, that's right. I don't understand. You know. That's a once again, it's a different show, but I don't understand the discrepancy of how you say, okay, we're taking, um, we're taking Najee Harris. Let's talk about the Najee Harris pick. It, it, you know, and then so the value between him and Sermon, like, how far do you really think that is? Like, okay, let's put it this way if Pittsburgh would have got Sermon in that same spot, if you flip, if you flip Pittsburgh and San Francisco, people would be going crazy. Oh, this is the next Franco Harris. Like, and yeah, and that's one thing too. Where and 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 I feel so bad because like the running back position has been so devalued so many times, and it's and, I, and it's crazy because it used to. I mean, it used to be a situation where literally you you get that guy. He's your franchise. He's oh, yeah. your cowbell back. Like I mean, yeah. I remember the days of like <laughs> even and it, and it used to be that way until like Trent Richardson situation. Yep. That happened. And then, then you start seeing a little bit coming back with uh Todd Gurley, um, Ezekiel Elliott, um, also uh Leonard Fournette. And I thought that was gonna be another trend that came, especially after the success of Dallas, where um, you know, as far as when they that first year they went to the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but that was just due to the fact obviously with their offensive line, but I definitely thought that trend was going to continue. But now it's to a point where it's like, yeah. I mean, it's starting to get there, but now you're not going to – guys aren't going to be slotted that high, like as far as, like, you know, it was crazy even the fact that 25 is when a running back was, was drafted. Which Yeah, for the <laughs> record, I have Najee Harris, and, and no offense to the – to die, <laughs> Najee Harris, like you know what he what he did for his celebration with the homeless shelter, like all yeah. that's 
a great story. I really, really like, I want, like, I hope he's a 10,000 yard back hall of famer, but as mm -hmm. far as picking in the draft, I thought he was one of the biggest reaches of the draft and it's not because of him. It's because of the position. And I understand people are like, well, you got to have a running back, but if Pittsburgh gets Trey Sermon in the fourth or fifth round, I think people are like, they could have got like, let's say they get a uh, Barmore in the first round and they get sermon in the fourth. Right. They have a great draft. Right. You, you lost know, I mean, to the lineman. So it's just like, yeah, you, you get a running back. Like, I don't, I don't know what this obsession is with. I mean, <laughs> right. let's put it this way. And then everybody's like, so here would be my argument real quick. Every, <laughs> the argument is, well, they lost John Connor. And I'm like, yeah, that's all they had to do is replace Connor. Like right. he's, like how hard was that? Like you you didn't need to draft a running back in the first round to replace. There's practice squad guys all over the country that right. could replace that. I thought that was a mistake, but you know a lot. You know it is what it is. I'm not I'm not the expert here or whatever. So so uh, overall, uh, before we get out of here, what was your take when you look back at the 2021 draft? Do you think it's going to be a good class, bad class? What what's your grade on the entire class overall as of right now? It's a great class. Um, I think it's, it's a good class. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a solid A. Um, it's going to be a class where I think you're going to have a lot of more, like, you know, a lot of production. You may not have, like, you know, guys going straight to Canton. Like, you know, and it's funny. We did a show yesterday, and we were talking about who was more likely to go to Canton. And we just had threw out a few names. But we you can maybe think of, at this point, maybe a handful of them. But I think you're going to have solid, solid guys contribute. And I think the rich got richer. I mean, when you look at, um, like we talked about earlier, you look at like what Kansas City did in the draft. Yeah, great. Um, also, um, Tampa Bay, San Francisco, the teams that are like contenders in this league got needs. And those guys are going to, you know, and those guys are going to be, you know, the part of their continued success um, going forward. So the rich got richer. That's a great point. The good teams had good drafts. Yeah. Um, I, I I like that aspect of it. So um, that's a good point. Um, I, I thought it was, I thought it was a really good draft, especially looking forward to next year's. Like obviously we, we rate every, unfortunately we rate everything by a quarterback draft, but I think this draft is going to lean. I think there's gonna be a lot of really, really good defenders come out of it yeah. because it's just worth one of those turning points in football to where the NFL is catching up with college and they're like, Oh, we need a lot of speed, you know, especially in the front seven. I think we're going to see more. Um, we're going to see more amoeba defenses and stand up front sevens than we've ever saw in the NFL this year. Uh, in ten years, I think that you know teams might only have you know two defensive linemen with their hand in the ground. I think that's the direction that we're going. Yeah. Uh, the Patriots have you know been doing it for years or whatever. So I think this is going to be remembered as a defensive draft, even though we don't have the classic edge rushers. Uh, there's a couple of them. But uh, I think there's there's a lot of versatility in it. Um, you know, wide receivers was a pretty good draft. Quarterbacks, I think there's at least two or three that I ho I hope I hope that Lawrence, Lance, and Fields are really good out of this draft um, for the for their sake. Next year's there's no way I don't think next year's quarterback draft can be as strong. But um, overall, what's awesome about the draft is speculation. Um, yeah. potential. That's what you said. We call it potential now. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it was a lot of fun. And I got to tell you, man, it was a lot of fun spending the draft with you and the guys at Off the Ball Network. Um, yes. any, anybody listening or watching, just uh, go to Couch Coach Live's pages and see what he's done this week. You know, he's done four or five shows talking about yeah. this stuff. They're all just as good. Uh, this is why he's our guy. Um, he brings it. He brings the. He brings everything about it, and he's he's rational. It's 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 funny because he. You can be a fan coach, but you're also one of the best at like you know keep keeping your mind straight. You know what I mean? Like this this isn't Cruise Island, <laughs> right? And and don't let Cruise don't let Cruise know I've been complimented by the Cowboys tonight. Don't. don't. No, no, no! This, is, I won't this, tell. Is, this, this goes against our our our, our bro code. Me and me and Cruz out watching the football bro code. But hey, <laughs> I, I I gotta I gotta be objective tonight. I have to be you know, I have to be the consummate professional. Nah, you're the you're the best man. You you are you're an absolute pro. So everybody, um, 
go check out Couch Coach Live, you know, the podcast. You can find it everywhere. You guys know how to do it on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, guys, always putting out really good stuff. Uh, it's never a waste of your time. That's the, that's one of the highest compliments I can give a podcaster. I want to thank you for coming on, Coach. This was um, – you know, I, I started off with like, hey, this will be a fun show. And then by the end of it, I'm like, well, OK, I got I got smarter. I'm a better I'm a better <laughs> podcaster now than I was when I started this show. man. And all <laughs> to you, so and happy anniversary, too. I know. Yes. Yes. We're, we're uh, somewhere around a year. We uh, you, you yeah. guys can go back. You guys go back on the Jeff Needs Sports and find our uh, we did a, uh, a recap of the. Um, uh, the Bulls documentary that they did yeah. last spring, which I, I think we all agree uh, saved most of us. So that was a lot of fun. Oh, yes, yeah. Things only things have only gotten better. Uh, the future's the future is bright, man, and uh, we appreciate everything you do for the network. Yes, definitely appreciate it. Thank you so much, and yeah. Yeah, Happy anniversary. I, I I guess I have water. I don't have any like glasses or any type of Mayo, so I may yeah. have a little. I may have a little tequila in here. <laughs> Just me a little water. <laughs> that, that's why you're the best, man. Maybe I can keep it straight. All right. Hey, thanks a lot, Coach. You're the best. All right. Appreciate it.